Welcome to Investing Insights, partnered by Right Property Group. This is your host, Phil Tarrant. Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to the Investing Insights Education Series, Smart Property Investment, in partnership with our good friends at the Right Property Group. Today, something that I really enjoy, a topic. I do it every day in my job, but it's something I think I've always done organically. And we're going to talk about negotiation. Two guys in the studio, regular co-hosts on the show, Victor Kumars, Steve Waters. How are you going? Yeah, good, Great. mate. How are you? I'm very good. Um, you reckon you're pretty good at this negotiation, Lark, don't you, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like to think so, yeah. <laughs> That's what I do for a living. <laughs> Who's better out of you two? Who's been negotiator? Oh, hands down, him. No, yeah. just, <laughs> that threw you, that see? Threw me, see? It started already. <laughs> <laughs> Negotiation is all about positioning. It is. So let, let's stick on that. So everyone probably negotiates differently, right? Do you guys have different styles of negotiation? Massively Absolutely. different yeah. styles, yeah. And, so, and, and it's really important because if you, if you uh, try and imitate someone else, mm. It's not natural, and people see it a mile away. So you have to, it has to sit well with you. It's got to be organic. Yeah, it's got to right. be you. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be. Yeah, it has to be your personality. Like you can't be a personality you're not. And as Vic said, look, agents and people that remember this, sales agents, real estate agents, and of which you get in here a lot to do other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your top one hundreds. These guys spend tens of thousands of dollars every year in training to and their they do sales it every agent, day. and they do it every day. So to be something that you're not and try and um, change your personality when you're negotiating against someone who's a trained professional. Mm. Uh, they're they're trained to see it, and they'll just exploit you. It's good. So so for if you're new to this uh, this podcast, um, it's something we do every single month. Um, this is now the sixth one with, that we've done, being very popular. Uh, but this is probably the topic that I really want to get into because I think it's you know it's good action, good activity. But um, some of the other stuff we've covered, and you'll see them if you uh, look down on this page or if you're in iTunes on the uh, on the feed. Um, the first thing, first topic we did was 11 things successful properties don't do. Check that one out. The second one was debunking the most popular property myths. The third one was around goal setting um, and, and sort of shifting your mindset. Then we looked uh, in the one after that, uh, investing in units versus houses. Uh, and the last one we did, which was quite interesting, uh, which got a bit deep towards the end of it, and mm-hmm. that was Steve's fault. He took it there. It was, uh, it was <laughs> around building a, yoga part, yeah, right? building a balanced portfolio. So um, so negotiation. So uh, anyone who is a property investor, and you guys are buyer's agents, so a big part of what you do is negotiating amongst yep. other stuff. Uh, but anyone who's investing in property will, at a point in time, negotiate mm-hmm. so um you both mentioned that you guys do it differently if you're going to explain your style in negotiation victor wh- what is it like yeah so the first thing to remember when you're nego- negotiating that's that's for anyone is they there are no winners and losers i mean and negotiations either break down where um, you're not coming to an agreement or it is successful where you come to an agreement and how you approach it and and, and my way of approaching it is more of a what i would call having fun with it pretty much calling a spade a spade but it's not uh, com- going in there trying to uh, you know, ground the other person into the dirt uh, so to speak uh, so it has to be done professionally uh, professionally in the, in the sense that with respect so that it doesn't come back to bite you so as an example if you if you're negotiating on a on a property on a uh, with a vendor and um, they have asked for a concession and you don't give that concession if if it doesn't make any difference to you it may come back to buy to you, say, at settlement. So I, I had a, um, a um, friend of mine who wouldn't allow the vendor a couple of days extra in terms of um, uh, settlement. And uh, come settlement day, settlement got delayed. And uh, my friend had his trucks all parked, ready to go in. 
but the vendor would not allow him in until the confirmational settlement came in. And these trucks sat there from nine o'clock till about three o'clock in the afternoon before you allowed them in. So it does come and bite you if you get it wrong. It's probably quite hard to say, oh, this is the way I negotiate, but you could probably go observations on Steve's negotiation style. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Why didn't I get asked that question well, you on are. him, Don't right? Worry, go <laughs> so, so if I said, like, explain how Steve negotiates. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, good question. Well, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, you, I'm you've looking at you. Here, right? I'm, I'm looking at you. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll be giving all his secrets away. Yeah, I yeah. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, if if you look at how Steve negotiates, he he, he looks at um, making it a, a congenial uh, thing. So it's not aggressive in the sense that you know you're gonna you're going to do it my way or or, or else. Uh, it's always trying to find a common ground, and uh, it pretty much is one of the hallmarks of successful negotiation is trying to find the common ground and uh, going down that path of um, in inverted commas exploiting that. Mm. And um, Steve, while he does not exploit people, uh, does exploit the situation really well. You're going to get your chance, Steve. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to solve pay for this. <laughs> so, would you? So, 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 Steve's got a, a good eye for the deal. Like you, Absolutely, you can sniff it yeah. out pretty yeah, quickly and know right. where, yeah. where it is. Yeah. And it's it's knowing what you want out of out of that equation, right? So it's it's not about it. May be terms. It may be price. It it may be that uh, you know we we're solving the issue for the vendor, or uh, it's something that the purchaser wants. Uh, but it it all boils down to uh, knowing what you want at the end of it. So if you've got a, a end point to it, you'll 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 get to it eventually. Okay. What's yeah, come style? on, come on, ask yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's Vic's style? Vic's What's Vic's style? Well, he'll, he'll, he'll rock up and he'll have his fancy suit on and he's... Uh, <laughs> I don't. Wait, he's <laughs> it's a white suit and he looks like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> and I give, I give fried chickens with it. <laughs> you said that, not me. Yeah. Um, Vic's style is more of a relaxed style. He's a, he's a, he's a relaxed negotiator and, and that's being... Like, all jokes aside, that's his style. So he's about creating the relationship which is one of the keys and all all good negotiators it should be about creating that relationship with whoever you're negotiating with as quick as you can uh and vic's not this is more what he's not i suppose more than what he is he's not a um a rushed negotiator where it's like let's get the deal done let's get it done right now it's about but yet it's not slow and steady either Mm. um and see it's it's an interesting thing because how we or how back to me it's all about me how i first started negotiating so many many years ago and it's it's kind of a hereditary thing for me i suppose um in my past industry is far different from how i negotiate today because you do learn as you mm. go and um you know, vic mentioned something earlier on about it's not a it's not about who wins and who loses a negotiation um but by the state by the same time it's not this and you'll read this in a million books, it's not about a win-win situation either because someone either always wants to pay less. Someone concedes. Yeah, someone does concede somewhere. But it's about being keeping that relationship alive when you do it because in for us, we're always going for the most through that third party being the agent. We don't really have the direct contact with the with the vendor or the seller. Well, in some, some, some instances mm. we may, but most of the time it's through an agent. So for us, that agent... It's not just about the one property. It's about, well, how many more can we negotiate for him uh, in different areas? So if we burn a relationship, if we don't keep that relationship alive, 
and especially in today's market we're not going to get the phone call before everybody else the next time which is kind of another point coming back to how i negotiate it, it's also state-based or market-driven so if i go over to wa tomorrow where there's a little bit of blood on the streets and probably more to come how i negotiate over there is going to be far different in terms of my style than how i negotiate here in new south wales or brisbane or, or victoria at the moment because the market is to a degree dictating how i negotiate that's right agents don't really need people like us at the moment there's a million buyers here over on the east coast so they can play the game so to speak over on the west coast they're going to love people like us because we represent an opportunity for them to be able to sell stock when perhaps you know the general public aren't there in in masses so yeah we could probably afford to be a little bit more aggressive over there and and Mm -hmm. yeah and stand you know stand um you know firm on our terms and conditions and price whereas over here we need to be a little bit more flexible uh, and it becomes not just about the price, but as Vic said, about terms, mm. conditions, such as settlement periods, cooling off periods, yeah, all that sort of stuff, early access. And it also comes back to uh, when, you, when you're talking about agents and negotiating on properties, is that a lot of uh, these agents, you need to be, uh, first of all, recognizing how they are negotiating against you, whether you know they are using your own tactics against you or, or using your own naivety, um, if I can pronounce that word um, against you if you're just starting out to invest um, so you need to be need to be really uh, mindful that um, uh, you know they, they are the people that you simply can't negotiate against because they'll stone stonewall you from day one mm. right and and they are um, you, you will come across them in um, uh, in all walks of life and a lot of people say that I can't negotiate in real estate and I can't negotiate uh, but we negotiate on a daily basis I and mean, if you've got kids you're negotiating on a daily basis if you're married in a relationship you're negotiating on a daily basis because uh, because we're doing that on a different level uh, we're not we're not um, putting such um, uh, credence on it but if we brought the same principles into real estate investing that would help if you're talking about kids there's the pesta power and pesta power if you brought it back to real estate uh, it's constantly asking the agents the same questions mm. um, uh, in terms of the property it may not be the same property uh, in that sense and that's one of the reasons why we get so many of our um, uh, negotiations over the line is that we are touching base with them on a constant basis and not not waiting for them to come back to us with uh, with a um, counter offer as such we, we constantly remind them that we're still here mm. we're still at this price uh, we're still at those terms depending on on how how the uh, property is panning out so if, if negotiating doesn't come naturally and i think for all of us here it's quite a natural thing we live Mm. and breathe it we do it we don't even know we're doing it right yeah whenever i'm chatting you i'm negotiating you're hustling all the time right (laughs) (laughs) but but if it doesn't come natural and and a lot of people don't like negotiating they they, they find it confrontational and they don't like confrontation or um you know negotiating if you're a buyer you're trying to get something for as cheap as possible Mm. some people just don't like asking for a discount you know no. my, my wife uh, victoria when when i met her uh she, she would she's getting embarrassed by she, me she'd walk out of the shop yeah, yeah, yeah. you know when yeah. i just i'd be haggling and negotiating yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and for me negotiating if, if someone said to me what's my negotiating style so i like to put a lot of theater into negotiation right mm. like a lot of laughter a lot of innuendo That's a lot exactly of gesture, right, yeah. you know like it's good fun mm. like the mm. person selling and the person buying have a bit of a kick out of it and uh mm. i've found over time that i get the best results if someone likes talking and dealing with me right i might frustrate yeah you're not making it a fight but it's not a fight it's it's just good robust fun and a lot of people 
that doesn't come natural. And they, they're, they're scared mm. to ask for a discount. I, I don't want to ask for a discount because they might think X, Y, Z of me. So if that's not a natural thing, how can you work on that? How, how do you how do you do? Is it just practice and experience? Look, some people just will never be able to negotiate that. You know, and it's just not in their inner core, I suppose. But having said that, there are some people that are you know, born to negotiate, mm. and it might be something from as simple as where they've come from. Mm. So, as an example, when we go out to negotiate with an agent. One of the, and in different areas, so different, um, let's take, say, a Cabramatta of Sydney, or if we take a, an inner suburb of Brisbane, often the demographic is quite different. Mm. Yep. So usually in those demographics, the agents are also quite different. And I'm certainly not you know, going down a path where people might think I'm going, but depending on the, the agent's origin, mm. perhaps hereditary, if you will, yeah. will be very uh, will determine how we negotiate. So, so, so the, the negotiation style is what you're saying is, is often shaped by their, their cultural experience. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's so important because it's going to dictate how you negotiate. So if I was to take, um, uh, yeah, so the, the Asian culture, right? they're, a, they're a much more aggressive negotiator. Yeah. If I go to the Indian culture, and I'm, I'm looking at, here um the deal is never done when you're negotiating with those types of agents just when you think it's across the line yep. it's, it's it's just not just another thing comes it's just yep. it's yeah. just starting yeah yeah, yeah. and, and um, that that is the heritage right so that if, is the if heritage, i, if I yep. look at look, look at my background I'm, I'm i'm from indian background from fiji but originally my grandparents were from india that's part of our culture uh, and that's part of how we negotiate is that you know if we haven't had a discount then we don't feel like we've had a deal, mm. uh, and, and and it's it's it as important as that, um, and becomes Sounds part like of the me, culture. <laughs> well, it does. We'll see, but and and that's funny because if we're dealing with say a, a UK-based agent mm. as an example, yeah, they're much more relaxed and more of a jovial, sarcastic type of negotiation mm. where you're giving each other crap. Yeah, yeah, and say so Australian agents, mm. well, it's just it just whatever. Happens at the time, happens. yeah. yeah. Like, and it is, and although it may sound like I'm joking, it is it's such an important part of negotiation is to know who you're negotiating against mm. and what is there going to be their style. And it could be something as simple as you're going to auction, which is a style of negotiation. So for us, if we're going to an auction, our prep work, our recon, if you will, starts weeks beforehand. Not just not on the property because that's what we already know about, that's why we're going to auction, but it's on the auctioneer and the agents within who are going to be walking the auction. If we don't know the auctioneer, we'll go to four or five of his auctions well beforehand so we get to know his style, mm. just his little tells, his little signals. We'll get to know who the agent is and we'll get to talk to them, create a relationship. It's it's that serious. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. Yeah, it's a big ticket item. We're not buying a laptop and, here, so you've got to get it right. And is it always seeking some sort of advantage through increased information to help knowledge it's knowledge but yeah the base outcome the most powerful negotiator is the one with all the the knowledge Mm. who knows the most Mm. and and vic touched on it before you can't go into a negotiation bluffing knowledge because the guy on the other the girl on the other end of the table who's negotiating against you especially the sales agent he's going to have that knowledge so Mm. you need to be equal or better and you can't lie because at the end of the day the and even though I've said it before, it's all about the relationship. You got to remember that agents make their money when a deal is closed, when the property settles. So if you're going to waste their time, you're only going to get one bite at a cherry in a market like this. They won't call you again. So you need to be honest. You need to be because you're hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and exactly, you are hard work. So we'll go to an agent. We'll say, look, our offers aren't sexy, and sometimes they're they're low ball, but we complete 
and we complete quickly because mm. I'm, that's ringing true in their ears. Well, these guys complete. They're not going to give me a hard, hard time and they get paid when you get completed. So, so what we're talking about here is that what gives you an advantage in a negotiation. So negotiation typically starts at price. Yeah. And then once you sort of get to a position where you might be close on price, you can start negotiating on other things. You spoke about terms and stuff like this. But hmm. to reference the point you just made, Steve, that an agent wants to shift a property as quickly as possible and as cheaply as possible. So um, if uh, an agent gets a property, um, comes on for a listing, they'll try and sell it off market straight away. So yep. uh, they'll go to guys like you or, or other buyers agents because they know that these people have ready buyers, ready to go. So the negotiation will be sharp and it'll be quick. It's not going to be, I want to buy this place. I've never bought a property before. I've got all these questions to ask you. Um, I've, I've never got my pre-approval sorted out. They know that you guys are sharp negotiators because you're going to complete on it. So you've got someone that's ready to buy a property and they're going to complete today. You're not time time wasters, you're not tie kickers. So essentially you're getting yourself an advantage immediately in a negotiation setting because they know that what you're saying is not... It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Mm. Yeah, but having look, having said that, if you take the Sydney market now and, and you'll often hear a lot of the buyer's agents talk about these off-market sales or mm. silent sales, which do exist. It's and essentially it, they're properties that never hit the... You know, the internet or real estate dom, dot com or domain. Um, well, as a side note, you will see them, but after the deal's secured mm. because they need the listings on there to make the phone ring. But in a market like Sydney City at the moment or the eastern suburbs, there are very, very few silent sales. And it's not because the agent doesn't want to have the deal quick because they know they've got this ready pool of buyers. It's because they can't get enough listings to sell. So they need to have their, their sign boards out there. They need to have their names out there. So the silent sale doesn't exist. Mm. Or if it does exist, it's from a uh, a seller who perhaps says, "Well, here's my ridiculous high price." You find someone. You find someone for it. You got to sell. But the the silent sale um, doesn't exist in the inner cities and the eastern suburbs and northern suburbs at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, you might get one every now and again, but they're not a common common thread. So, so to to have an advantage in negotiation, you need to be able to move decisively and quickly. So yeah. the agent knows you're not messing around. Yep. You need to have cash ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what else can you do to make yourself a more attractive buyer or better negotiator compared to someone else? Um, you know, openness or willingness to move yeah, mate, quickly. You maybe know, the question is, what shouldn't you do? What shouldn't you do? Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember, like years ago, I was at a at one of the expos that yeah we we go to, and there was a guy up on stage talking about this subject and and how he how he secures deals and how he can make himself stand out from the crowd. So what he does is when he goes to an open house or an auction, he'll go out and he'll hire a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or something like that and put the slicker suit on he can because he wants to be seen as the guy with all the cash and intimidate everybody else. Mm. Let me tell you, that's the worst thing you can do because you're the the biggest tool in the street and the agents aren't going to want to deal with you. Mm. And if anything, the vendor or the seller is going to see that and say, well, you've got more money than sense. I'll keep, yeah. I'll keep pushing the price up. So that's mm. what you don't want to do. You just want to be yourself coming back to the, to the very beginning. Be yeah. authentic because people can see through it. Be be genuine, same thing, I suppose. Mm. Um, and you know, sometimes we have fun of, fun with it. Like we'll go in a pair of tracksuit pants and thongs mm. just to mix it up a bit. You know, like not that that's a common occurrence, just saying. But <laughs> you know, if we're challenged, 
as a bet, yeah, we'll do it because mm. it's it's not about how you present yourself in this scenario. It's how you keep the relationship going, yeah. which is what and, I keep saying. Yeah, and the key to all of this negotiation is you never take it personally. So if you didn't get the property or if you didn't get quite the terms that you wanted, uh, you shouldn't take it as a as a something that's personal. Mm. Or if the um, agent counters with a higher offer, that doesn't mean that you're actually in a battle. That that's what negotiation is all about. The agent's supposed to get the best price possible for the for the um, vendor, uh, and uh, we as buyers agents or or, or as uh, investors, we're trying to get the you know best price for us. In other words, the cheapest price. Uh, and and price does not necessarily mean dollar amount. It mm. could also mean the terms. It could be a delayed settlement. It could be, uh, you know, an early access to to um, work on the property to to so clean so it so up. Let's stick on that quickly. So a lot of people probably aren't familiar with this. So you haggle on price and you get to a sticking point. We spoke about compromise before. So mm-hmm. it's a compromise. So if you go, okay, th- this ain't going to happen because the price is $400,000 and that's probably what it's going to end up. Yeah. But you can get advantages as a buyer by saying, um, um, look, I want a delayed settlement. So it gives you plenty of time to maybe sell some assets or realize some equity for yep. someone else. So you get an advantage there. Mm. Or you can say, Look, I'll settle in a week's time. Yes, two weeks time. But you're gonna to have to take another ten grand off the price. So yeah. these, you've got these hooks to be able to still manipulate the price. Absolutely. Or, or it yeah. might be deposit terms as well. Deposit bond, one thousand mm-hmm. dollars deposit, ten percent deposit, whatever it may be. And that mm. that this is all sort of disregarding price because if we know what the price is, as you've just suggested, mm. then the only thing you've got left to negotiate are the terms. Are the terms. Yeah. Or and maybe inclusions. Yeah, 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 and and you'd only be able to negotiate on those uh, when you know uh, the vendor's situation or where they're coming from, uh, because most of the time the, the the best negotiations are where you are actually solving the other side's problems mm, mm. Uh, and, and getting what you want out yeah. of it. And that could be, you know, debt or distress. Yeah, um, and so you got to look for those. It's about understanding Indicators. the information. If you've got the most information, mm. you can make a better decision. But if you go to like a negotiating course, right, if you're commercial yeah. negotiation, they'd say um, you need to make sure, try and load up a negotiation with a whole bunch of points so you can be seen to be conceding on stuff, right? Mm. So um, let's say price aside, you get mm. into conditions. So yeah. deposit's one thing. You'd say, yep. look, I'll give you a 5% deposit instead of a 10% deposit. Early access, delayed settlement, you know, this type of thing. What other things can you sort of throw in there that you can walk away from? So like you can start questioning contracts and and yeah. just, just just so as a good negotiator, you can look to be see that you're conceding on, on, on some things. Um, I know you guys have done deals where you've gone, okay, well, all right, 400,000, that's fine, but you're going to have to put some new carpet in there before we move yeah. in there, like loading up a deal so you can come I back think here. everybody wants to walk away with a feeling that they've succeeded mm. or, in, in, as you say, that you know, perhaps you've given in to get what you want. It really depends on the property, where it is, and once again, the, the market conditions. You know, sometimes there's just going to be no negotiation on anything, so it's not. It's more about securing the deal and because you know the market is moving quickly, and that in itself you know, is mm. a, it can be a headache, especially in some markets today. So that also comes back down to the relationships. But I suppose coming back to your point, there, there are hooks, as you call it, where you can get the early exit, but that's a buyer beware. That's not always a good thing. Um, there is the delayed settlement deposit terms, uh, inclusions, whether, you know, polish the floorboards, put the carpets, get rid of the, the above ground pool for me or, or whatever it may be. But you do have to concede in some areas depending on the market. And then once again, if I compare it to Perth, well, you should be conceding on nothing. 
mm-hmm. because you can. And one of the key things when you when you're negotiating is not to take your eye off the price. So the price is to actually get the property at a at a price that that's um, uh, within your range. And just because you had to concede on say you know a settlement term or deposit term or, or something like that doesn't mean that uh, you know you work away from the from the deal. Uh, and I, fi- I found this time and time again is that uh, people that are starting to negotiate uh, for themselves, they tend to lose sight of the bigger picture uh, and uh, get stuck in the smaller battles. The smaller detail. Yeah. yeah. And mm. I think just be prepared to, you know, in some cases, open extreme, as we call it. And that might be lowballing if the market lets you do that. But you've got to have your walkaway price. Mm-hmm. You, you, it's got, there's got to be that level where you say, well, okay, that's it and be prepared to walk away. And, and you the, don't lose face when you walk away. Yeah, and yeah. you don't. You're actually strengthening your relationship if, if that be the case because for your next lot of negotiations, if you're dealing with the same agent, well, he's, he's getting to know you and he's getting to know your style perhaps yeah. and that you are serious. And the other thing that I'd probably suggest is be confident. Like you can't go in there starting negotiation, trembling, sweating up, mm. you know, bluffing your way because they will see it a mile away. So if you've got to practice with your friends and, and, and what have you beforehand, do that. There's no shame in that. Yeah. And just, once again, be confident. It's all about confidence and um, and confidence only comes through through experience. You mm. could just do it. Just like do how, it. How many, like, you're probably gonna say it depends and depends on the market and stuff, but like, you guys are throwing out deals all the time, right? You're throwing mm. low ball and stuff all over the joint, hoping, yeah. using a fish analogy, you throw out a big bait and you never know, you might, might get jagged something. Might, yeah. might jag something big. You guys are investing a lot of time in putting out deals and offers and negotiating like what sort of hit rate are you getting is it is it depends on the market but is it low high you know that's, terms of, yeah that's a hard question yeah. it depends yeah it depends yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah we have our own kpis because the more offers you throw out the better chance that you've got yeah mm. so we like to have somewhere between 250 250 to 300 offers out every week okay now that's a lot of lot of offers to mm. to manage and, and and that's the word here manage Managing. because those offers might take a month to come in. They might take 30 seconds to be accepted. Mm. So there might be spinning in the wheel of the offering world, you know, 400, 500 offers out there. Mm. And you know, there's been instances where it's taken us a year to negotiate mm-hmm. something, mm. but that's still in there. So it's it's too hard to answer, you know, what's our strike rate? It might be 1% this week and it yeah. might be 10 next week. I guess what I'm getting at is that you're actively out there doing, if you're serious about in- investing, you've got to be out there knowing and knowing your markets and and putting offers out there and and the preparation for negotiating you've got to be active all the time so mm. like take us out of it and 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 it's say let's say you're going out to negotiate a property and you want one of so mm. you know it's time to add something to your portfolio there's only so much ground you can cover there's only i mean only so many agents you can talk to and it's going to take quite some time to I suppose get your knowledge up for the mm. area because you've been out of the market now you've got to research it uh, and talk to the right agents as an example so that's going to take a period of time but if you're not active in doing that well your, your chances are diminishing all the time so i suppose the key takeaway is be active be active all the time because the the best opportunities present themselves quickly but they go even quicker mm. practice makes perfect as well it does absolutely get out there it's good lots of info mm. i want to go out and buy some stuff now <laughs> I, know well, to negotiate yeah, I know a good buyer's agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, uh, so some some really, real key points there. One is that you know if you're not confident negotiating, you need to get confident and you know bluff it out if you have to. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, just don't show your hand. Yeah, you know, get get in there and get involved. You know, simple stuff. It's not always about price; it's about conditions as well. So yeah. make sure that you're armed with a number of different 
hooks, a number of different ways in which that you can look to maximize and make the negotiating process a, a good one for everyone. Victor, how would you summarize negotiating for you, going back to what we originally spoke about? Guy who does it for a living. One just word, have, one, one have sentence. Fun, have fun with it. Have it's fun good. with it and don't take it personally. Steve, anything to sum up with negotiating? If you don't ask, you don't get. It's good. That's 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 key. Good. Thanks, guys. Uh, really enjoyed the chat. Uh, remember to um, get in touch uh, if you've got any questions about this podcast, about the Right Property Group or what the guys do. If you want us to cover anything in particular on this podcast, uh, Investing Insights, uh, email questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au. Uh, Victor will pick them up and um, get in touch with you. Uh, you're happy to fill out anything if it's just, Absolutely. just, just yep. any questions about whatever. You can check out the guys also, uh, rightpropertygroup.com.au. And we spoke about it last time. Uh, you guys are doing seminars every month. Oh, not sorry, seminars. Open, yeah, it's, it's open forums, aren't they? It's an open forum. It's like a networking type thing with other investors. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, well, it is. It's, it's, it's a safe safe place as we call it so mm. yeah, we don't allow developers to come in and start flogging their stuff or anything like that or Amway as okay. we call it <laughs> no Amway no Amway <laughs> this year it's just an open forum where we have different topics and different guest speakers and it's very I suppose informal is, is the way you know, throw mm. your questions out as you think of them rather than waiting till the end that's the way we like to do it yeah uh, it goes for a couple of hours at um, Parramatta and in Sydney Every, I think it's the first Monday or Tuesday of the month. Yep, uh, and also in St Kilda and uh, Melbourne. In St Kilda and Melbourne once a month last Thursday, I think it mm-hmm. is, of the month or something like that. Yep. Okay, good. Oh, I've been in one before, two before. Maybe maybe a few more. Yeah, they're, they're, they're good fun. Um, it's nice to knock around with other investors. And um, I guess the breadth of people you get to these is quite, you know, from people who are just starting out. And you, you'd be chatting to a bloke who's got 50 properties. You know, yeah. You'd never know. You always lo- We always learn something. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Thanks, guys. Um, remember to come and check us out again. We'll be back next month. If you want to listen to any of the other episodes of the uh, Investing Insights podcast uh, with our partners at Right Property Group, you'll see them at the bottom of uh, this feed on the website if you're looking to it. Or check out the feed on uh, iTunes as well. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next month. Bye.